0: Everybody, today we are going to be joined by a friend of ours named Megan Peterson. We got to know Megan through our connections with the Y at uh, Silver Bay when we went to New York with the Well. And Megan was a pastor uh, at the Y Church, W-H-Y, in Minnesota, where she uh, delivered what I would consider one of the best sermons I've ever heard on that still small voice. If you want that link, I'd be happy to give it to you because she was fantastic at it.
1: So it's been great to walk with Megan these last couple years, and we asked Megan if she would do an intro for us of the book of 1 Peter.
0: Her insights uh, are clear and crisp, and she brings us a refreshing perspective that we can all learn from. And so it's with that we introduce you to our good friend, Megan Peterson.
1: Thank you so much, Parker and Gordon. It has been such a privilege to see how God is at work through the Four Community Church. And I really enjoyed listening to the weekly rhythm and hearing about the identity statement. Really this who Four Community Church is and who they are becoming. A group of people seeking to connect the gospel to people, people to community, and community to mission. At the core of each of us, I think, is this question about identity. Who am I? And there are so many voices we can listen to as we seek to answer this question. What would change if we began to listen to who Jesus says we are? In 1 Peter, we see how listening to Jesus shapes our life both now and in eternity. It impacts our relationships with others and the way that we interact with the world that we live in. As we begin our study of 1 Peter, it's important to understand who the author is, just like you would look at the sender's name first on an email or envelope, and like a return address, the name of the book does give it away. Peter is a disciple of Jesus, someone who is seeking to connect the gospel to people, people to community, and community to mission. Peter's encounter with Jesus began when he was on the job fishing in Galilee with his brother Andrew, And Jesus asked them both to leave their nets and to fish for people instead. They dropped their nets and followed Jesus. In Matthew 16, we learn that his name was Simon, but Jesus would call him Peter, which is Petra or rock in Greek. After Peter identified Jesus as the Messiah, Jesus would look at him and say, you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church. Peter would live into this new identity. He became a leader and spokesperson among the disciples and the early church. And it sounds like a really stand-up guy, doesn't it? He was, but he was not without his own faults. Many people identify Peter as someone who was passionate but also impulsive. He was willing to die for Jesus, but denied that he knew him right before his death. Peter started walking on water towards Jesus, but he looked at the waves and began to sink. And while he wavered in his faith, Jesus saw great potential in him. After Jesus' death, Peter would preach at Pentecost and lead the early church with courage and boldness, repeatedly experiencing suffering and persecution. The book of Acts records many of Peter's ministry experiences. Later, around 66-68 AD, not long after he wrote 1 Peter in 62-63 or AD, around there, Peter would actually be arrested and martyred for his faith in Christ. In 1 Peter 5.13, we learn that Peter is writing from Babylon, which is widely understood to be simply a codename for Rome. And this makes sense because it is where Peter spent the last several years of his life, serving the church there in Rome. And in the opening verses, he addresses fellow believers who are living in Asia Minor, including Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, which today are located in Turkey. Nero had come into power and the provinces were under Roman control. The persecution and unjust treatment of believers under Nero's rule had just ramped up. The believers are mostly Gentiles. There are some Jewish Christian readers as well. They're living in a society that has largely rejected God, and they are experiencing persecution for choosing to follow Christ. Peter writes this first letter, encouraging the church in the midst of suffering and persecution. Their suffering may be unjust, but it is not without purpose and hope for the future. Encouragement is found in who Christ is, what he has done, and who we are as we trust in him. As you study 1 Peter, watch for identity statements concerning both who Christ is and who we are as we trust in him. Peter describes Christ as the living stone, a suffering servant, a victorious savior and judge. And as you study, continue to look for these signposts that talk about Christ's identity from someone who walked with Jesus and learned from him on a daily basis. We also learn about who we are in light of who Christ is and what he has done for us. In the first two chapters in particular, Peter focuses on the identity of the believers. Depending on what translation you're reading of the Bible, you'll find words like foreigners and exiles, sojourners, pilgrims. Peter's reminding God's people that this world is not their home, but it is a temporary dwelling place. Their citizenship is in heaven. One of the clearest identity statements is found in chapter 2, verse 9, where Peter writes, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Wow, what a huge and significant statement from someone who knows personally how life changing it is when Jesus speaks words of identity into your life. The last three chapters, the book focus more on the relationships and responsibilities of the believers in light of their identity. As they begin to understand who they are and where they ultimately belong, it instructs their attitudes and relationships as they relate to their neighbors, the government, their spouses, and as Christians in the church. I encourage you, as you read the letter, listen for the tone. It is urgent and intense. And in fact, the letter averages one command every three verses, which is not really surprising when you consider both Peter's personality and the circumstances that he's writing under. Words of identity, belonging, and purpose are spoken into our lives as we read the Bible. And while these words were written long ago, they have been recorded so that we too might know and understand who Christ is and who we are in him. They are invaluable as we relate to people in our workplaces, the government, and family relationships. The words of encouragement found in 1 Peter, when prayerfully considered, will no doubt affect the way that we endure the suffering and trials that we face, particularly when it is unjust. My prayer is that as you read and study 1 Peter together over these next several weeks, you would let the words of encouragement give you hope, bring peace. And challenge you to live steadfast in faith, hope, and love, especially during times of unjust suffering that you may be facing today or in the future. My prayer for you is also this, as Peter writes towards the end of the letter in chapter 5, verses 10 and 11 May the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen and settle you to him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever amen
0: thank you megan i really like that Uh, It would be good for us to kind of revisit megan's words uh, throughout this study she brings up some great points about what we should be looking out for the urgency that we need to be hearing and so you can refer back to this talk uh, frequently as we read through first peter
1: Yeah, we are so excited to start the book of 1 Peter this week. And as you prepare for this Sunday, read through the first section of the first chapter of 1 Peter and be looking for some of those signposts about who Jesus is.